Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Sask Egg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan, wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. On today's show, APAS released a report that dove into the possible connection between commodity prices and food inflation and how much a farmer earns from a product bought at a grocery store. The federal government has chosen an executive director for its trade office in the Philippines, and the executive director of the Canary Sea Development Commission previewed an upcoming AGM. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour, you're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director, Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. The Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan released a comprehensive report that attempted to address two key issues. How much a farmer earns from food bought at the grocery store and how much those commodities are connected to food price inflation. APAS President Ian Boxall explained the Farmers and Food Price Report was the result of a resolution made two years ago in response to food costs and commodity prices rising. When consumers started to see grocery store prices increase in 2020, 2021, you know, there was a lot of conversation that that was because of the higher commodity prices for what the farmers were getting for their products. And there was a resolution brought forward to our AGM that we need to research this, we need to understand this, and we need to show that, yes, our commodity prices have gone up, but they haven't gone up at the same rate as inflation. So what you're paying on a grocery store shelf, the farmers aren't getting all of that increased price. And so that was the basis of where this started. And it's taken some time to put this report together. And I think it, it just shows that, yes, as commodity prices have gone up, the farmers have got a little bit of an increase in what you for the products you buy at the grocery store. But it isn't the total of increase in the inflation of the groceries. So I think it was important to lay that out for people to understand. The analysis was done by Kevin Greer, a Canadian beaten grocer analyst. All data was taken as averages across 2022. The report examined eight common products made in Saskatchewan, flour, bread, canola oil, margarine, lentils, beer, retail beef and retail pork. Boxall says the less processed a product was, such as canola oil and beef, the bigger a farmer's share of the food dollar. By contrast, the more processed a product was, like beer and bread, the less a farmer earned. The report's interesting. Some of the stuff, you know, I think I think I was maybe a little bit shocked on, 
you know, I wasn't, I, I didn't expect the beef number to be so high and I didn't expect the canola oil number to be so high. I, I really didn't. I thought those, the farmer's share of that would have been less, but, but, you know, as we dig into it and it's less refined and all that. So it, those were two that struck out to me. And then the really one was the 2% for the beer, right? That one was like, ooh, it's not much for your barley, is it? The farmer's share of the retail price for canola oil was 41.6%, and for beef, it was 40.5%. On the low end, the farmer's share for beer was only 2.1%, and for bread, it's 6.2%. Boxall was asked where the remaining percentage of the retail price went. Some of it would be in transportation and in the slaughter and, and in the grocery store's markup and everyone that handles it, right? So, you know, and, and I get it. Every person that touches that commodity needs to make some money or they won't be in business, including the farmer. And I get that. But at what point is, is it too much? And, or is it? Is this just the way it is now? Right? Like those are some of the questions that can be asked now that we have the numbers, right? The report also covered food inflation from the retail side and the commodity side. The price for canola oil, for example, rose 41% for retail. But at the farm gate, it was 18%. That is quite a jump. And, and you know, we have, we've had record canola prices, and yet the farmers have been blamed for that, right? Record canola prices, so then, of course, we got blamed. So during record canola prices, it only went up 18% to the farmer, but went up 41% to the consumer. The price of beef was up by 7% on the retail side, while, of, while it was up 4% at the farm gate. So then my question is, what changed for the grocery store? So if the commodity price raised the price of beef 4%, why is there additional three, right? What has changed for the grocery store? Nothing. The freight's the same, the packaging's the same, right? What has changed? So I guess that's probably just the inflation number, right? And here is Boxall's conclusion with this report. I think the more we can educate the consumer on all of these products, or like on these eight, these eight that are prominently growing in Saskatchewan, because we're looking at this through the farmer's eyes at APAS, right? So if we can educate the public and educate the consumer on this, on this report, okay, yes, commodity prices are up. Yes, that has caused an increase in your food, but it hasn't called, caused the whole increase. You get consumers asking those questions, the people that can answer them for them, right? To the grocers, to the packages, right? To, to the processors. Let's get asking the questions so that there's a better understanding than just, just where your food dollar goes. The Farmers and Food Price Report was released at the APAS AGM in Regina last week. You can find it in PDF form at APAS.ca. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after this quick break. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley has appointed a seasoned veteran with Global Affairs Canada to be the inaugural executive director of a new trade office in Manila, Philippines. Deidre Kelly has more than 20 years experience in various roles abroad, including her recent role as Consul General of Canada in Mumbai, India. Kelly says a frequent criticism she's heard over the years is Canada's inconsistent presence in the Indo-Pacific region, and the Agriculture and Agri-Food Office in Manila will address that. 
So I think the, the establishment of the office will be an important step, first of all, in terms of highlighting the importance that we place on the, the trading relationship with that region. I think the other important thing that it's going to do and that I will be doing in my job is providing a, a regional strategic lens for the ag sector in the Indo-Pacific. So working with not only government counterparts, in the region uh, and provinces and territories, but also industry and other stakeholders as we move to implement this exciting new endeavor. And and I can tell you there have been a number of of consultations to date, both with the provincial stakeholders, but also the industry stakeholders to really determine what the focus of the office should be and the, the objectives that it hopes to accomplish. She explains the office will consist of staff from Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada and the Canadian Food Inspection Agency and will help exporters find new business opportunities to position Canada as a preferred supplier for the region. It will also address market access problems before they become bigger issues. Often, you know, these issues can take long to resolve because you don't have people on the ground. They can't simply pick up the phone. They don't have the relationships. So by having technical experts in the ground, one, it gives them an an opportunity to monitor things that could be coming their way in terms of possible irritants. Or when issues do arise unexpectedly, they'll be able to go in to the relationships that they've established and and troubleshoot them before they come uh, major irritants. Or for issues that are already, you know, longstanding in the region to have that regional presence that will be there in a sustained manner to have conversations more frequently to be able to put pen to paper and try to negotiate these issues and and bypass obstacles so that it it benefits both the exporters and and the imports and provides some stability and, and food security. The Trade Office is part of Canada's ongoing efforts to bolster trade in the Indo-Pacific region as they have trade agreements with South Korea, Australia, Japan, Malaysia, New Zealand, Singapore and Vietnam. Kelly says the region has lots of potential for Canada. Because if we look at it, the Indo-Pacific region, it encompasses 40 countries and economies and it's home to 21 of the world's largest 30 cities and it includes 65% of the world's population. And if you look at the trajectory, it's likely that the region is going to make up two-thirds of the middle class by 2030 and over half of the global GDP by 2040. So in terms of economic uh, force, you know, it is certainly one to be reckoned with and is an important part of the world in order to ensure Canada's sustained uh, prosperity moving forward. The Indo-Pacific is the fastest growing economic region in the world. And it's Canada's largest regional export market with about $263 billion in annual two-way merchandise trade. And of that, in 2022, $30.6 billion was in two-way agricultural trade with the Indo-Pacific region. The office in Manila is a $31.8 million investment from the federal government. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on the other side of the break is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. And My Grain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MyGrainExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. Wheat-ending stocks in the United States and around the world may be tighter than earlier thought. 
That's according to the latest supply and demand estimates from the U.S. Department of Agriculture released Friday. The government agency lowered its call for 2023-24 U.S. wheat carryout to 659 million bushels, which would be down from the November estimate of 684 million bushels and well below average trade estimates that had been closer to unchanged. However, that would still be well above the 582 million bushel carryout reported in 2022-23. Projected world wheat ending stocks were also below average trade guesses and the November estimate at 258.2 million metric tons. U.S. soybean ending stocks were left unchanged at 245 million bushels with the world carryout at 114.2 million metric tons only down slightly from the November estimate of 114.4 million metric tons. CN and CPKC Rail supplied a combined 94% of hopper cars ordered in Green Week 18, a modest decline from the 96% order fulfillment performance seen the previous week and having now declined for two consecutive weeks. The decline in performance reflects a deterioration in performance for CN for a second straight week and no change for CPKC. In supplying 89% of cars ordered by shippers in week 18, CN saw performance decline from the 93% order fulfillment performance they posted in week 17. CN performance falls below the 90% performance threshold for the first time in three weeks and the second time in the last four weeks. CPKC performance was unchanged from the prior week, with the railway supplying 98% of shipper orders in week 18. CPKC performance remains above the 90% threshold for the seventh consecutive week, having averaged 97% order fulfillment on a weekly basis over the course of that seven-week period. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says it has detected the presence of avian influenza at a non-poultry, non-commercial location in the central Okanagan. It's now the 52nd place in B.C. where the contagious viral infection has been detected at commercial or backyard bird operations since October. This comes after the CFIA confirmed the presence of the flu at a commercial poultry farm in Abbotsford on Saturday. Commonly known as bird flu, avian influenza can affect several species of food-producing birds, as well as pet birds and wild birds. Canadian ranchers say they want government funding to help them preserve the country's grasslands. Grasslands are one of the world's most threatened ecosystems. More than 75% of those that once covered the Canadian prairies have been plowed under for crop farming or urban development. Most of the grasslands that still exist in Canada are used by ranchers to graze cattle. But many ranchers are facing financial pressure to downsize their herds or exit the industry entirely. The beef industry is lobbying the federal government to fund a program that would offer a financial incentive for ranchers who agree to conserve their native grasslands for a period of several years. There's a new herd of bison on historic Métis lands near Batoche. Last year, Parks Canada and the Métis Nation of Saskatchewan struck a deal to relocate 25 bison from a herd on Grasslands National Park. 
The government announced Friday morning that the transfer was successfully undertaken last week. In a Facebook post, the Métis Nation says that visiting the herd is not allowed at this moment as the bison need a comfortable settling process. The bison will eventually reside on 690 acres of land with the hopes the herd will grow over time. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM Farm Precision Weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan, call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, we're entering into a new work week here. What's the forecast going to be like for this week? Is it going to be good? It is, uh, especially in terms of the temperatures, because we have a, a number of days that we'll see temperatures at or above the freezing mark through the afternoon. So certainly not bad when the normal high starting out the week is minus 8. And our coolest day is likely to be today at minus 3. That's certainly a, uh, a pretty good day. We're uh, coming out of the morning, minus four, minus three or so for the afternoon. The wind is out of the northwest today, and it's a stiff wind. So that's why I don't think we're going to see too much more warming at all. Uh, but that wind is contributing to a bit of a wind chill. Now, the temperature close to freezing, even the strong wind, only puts the wind chill in the minus teens, but the wind chill is still in the minus teens. The wind gusting uh, close to 60 kilometers per hour or so, in addition to uh, that bit of a wind chill, the wind itself just fairly uncomfortable. But we'll get rid of the wind. It will settle down through the evening likely staying in the northwest through mid-evening and staying up 20 to 40. And then late evening, early nighttime, it turns into the southwest, diminishes, and a much more gentle breeze through the day tomorrow. But that turn is important because it signals that we're going to be warming back up. Watching for today, uh, cloud cover departing. The thickest of the cloud cover right now is all the way down in, uh, looks like central, I'd say I call it central Montana, in central North Dakota. So a, a pretty good Separation, a lot of a thinner cloud around will be in and out of that through the afternoon. Much less of it late tonight and through tomorrow. Mostly sunny with a high right around zero. Clear sky, minus 11 for Tuesday night and a mostly sunny day on Wednesday, up to around 6 degrees. A nice surge of warm air uh, coming in in that southwesterly wind. Do we stay at that level? Not too long, but we don't drop off significantly. We'll drop off a little bit Thursday. We'll call it about the same, uh, 5 degrees with a sunshine Thursday. Back down to two. So that's one of our cooler days uh, Friday. There is going to be a little cloud cover coming in late Friday into Friday night, uh, maybe a few flurries uh, through that stretch, but it only brings in some slightly cooler air. Temperatures still uh, into the weekend, staying close to freezing each day. Thank you very much, Phil. The normal highs for this time of year are around minus 8 degrees. Normal lows, minus 19. The sun rose at 849 this morning, and the sun will set at around 454 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province, in Saskatoon and Mooseman, minus 5. Swift Current, Yorkton, and Weyburn are at minus 4 degrees. Estevan is at minus 3. Assiniboia, minus 2. The warm spot in the province, or rather, I almost miss Weyburn. They're at minus 4 degrees. Now the warm spot in Saskatchewan, it's in Valmarie at minus 1.2 degrees. The cold spot is in Collins Bay at minus 15. In Regina, beautiful sunny sky. Northwest wind at 47 to 70 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 53%. Temperature minus 3 or 27 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 102.1 and rising. In Moose Jaw, it's sunny. 
west-northwest wind at 50 to 63 kilometers an hour, temperature minus 2. Again in Regina, sunshine, northwest wind at 47 to 70 kilometers an hour, temperature minus 3. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com and Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. The Canary Seed Development Commission kicks off the annual general meeting season for Saskatchewan's Producer Development Commissions. It will be a combination in-person slash Zoom event originating in Regina on Thursday. Kevin Hirsch is the Executive Director of the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan. This will be the second time that the Canary Seed AGM is being held in Regina rather than Saskatoon. Regina and Moose Jaw Corridor is a, a major canary seed production area, and we held our annual meeting in Regina mid-December last year and decided we're going to go back again and, and have a standalone meeting with information sessions. So I think a lot of groups are trying to figure out the best way that they can serve their producers, and this worked last year, so we'll be trying it again. And it, it is a hybrid meeting as well, so no matter where you're located, if you want to register, we'll send you a Zoom link, and, and you can watch from the comfort of wherever you're at. Canary seed growers will have the opportunity to hear from a new plant breeder at the University of Saskatchewan's Crop Development Centre. Pierre Huckle, who has been the longtime wheat and canary seed breeder at Crop Development Centre, is easing into retirement. And Canary Seed Development Commission, as well as the Wheat Development Commission, were on the committee that looked at the candidates to replace Pierre Huckle. The winning candidate that started just in the last couple of months in the new position is Dr. Adam Carter. He's well known to Crop Development Center. He was already working there and has some interesting new ideas about how we can further crops. So really excited to have him meet canary seed producers and make his first presentation to the Canary Seed Development Commission annual meeting. Among topics on the agenda is getting additional fungicides registered for use on canary seed. Bill May with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada at Indian Head has been looking into the situation. Hirsch says May has worked with the Canary Seed Development Commission for quite a few years. There will also be a market outlook, not only for canary seed but other crops as well. That will be provided by Chuck Penner with Left Field Commodity Research. Once we get to January, there's all sorts of market outlook presentations. So we think that it's a good time of the year to be out ahead of that because people are interested in analysis by somebody like Chuck Penner that especially on crops like canary seed is, is, I would say, the foremost expert, probably follows it more closely than the other analysts do. So Chuck has been providing a market outlook for canary seed for many years. He's also does a great job on other crops. So we know that, that will be a, a popular presentation that people will want to pay attention to. Kevin Hirsch is the executive director of the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan. The Canary Seed AGM is coming up this Thursday here in Regina. You can attend in person or register for a Zoom link. All of the information is on the Canary Seed Development Commission of Saskatchewan website. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We're going to take another break. We'll be back right after this. 
You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Shipping companies are spending millions of dollars to get their cargoes through the Panama Canal on time. Drought has caused the lowest water levels in the canal since the mid-1990s. Nearly 80 ships are waiting to pass through the canal connecting the Pacific and Atlantic Oceans. Todd Holtman is the lead market analyst with DTN. That's become increasingly problematic. They're slowing down the number of ships that can pass through. It's getting more expensive in terms of shipping the grain through the canal. And some are saying it's going to be fairly prohibitive the next three months, most likely. So uh, we have a possible problem ahead there when it comes to the Panama Canal. It only takes 10 hours to travel through the 80-kilometer canal, much shorter than the several weeks to travel around South America's Cape Horn. With the lineups, it now takes up to two weeks to go through the canal. Some companies are paying up to $4 million to move up the line. Grain shipments tend to take lower priority compared to products such as liquefied natural gas going to Asia for use during the winter months. Coming up next on the other side of the break is today's market update. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today, and it is the usual suspects when it comes to the movement. Canola is up $10.70 at 6.2812 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is down $2.29 at 3.2018. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 4.5903. Feed barley 2.6258. Chickpeas 11.6844. Flax 63104, lentils 797.50, oats 296.32, yellow peas 391.05, and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is down seven and a half cents to seven dollars and twenty-two cents a bushel. And a reminder: you can find these grain prices and a whole lot more on saskagtoday.com. Coming up next is today's livestock report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from Swift Current Yards, 1500. Had a cattle on offer last week and here's how it went. Good cows, they traded from 120 to 135. Medium cows, they were 90 to $1.20. Good bulls, they traded from $1.35 to $1.54. And the heiferets and feeding cows were 180 to 235 In our bread cattle on Thursday sale, the good bread cows traded from about 2800 to $3,400. The good bread heifers, they traded from 3500 up to $4,400. The medium-type bread cows were still 2000 to 2800 Upcoming sales this Wednesday, we're going to have the six-mile guest and consigner sale. Lots of good bread heifers on offer that day. And then we're back Friday, the 15th of December. That is Friday, the 15th. 
We're going to have about 400 head of bred cattle to offer you as well. For further information, give us a call, 773-3174. Canada's source for quality, Heartland Livestock and Swift Current. The latest pork prices are at $174.10 per CKG, hovering around that $175 mark over the last few days. Coming up next is the Resource Report. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. It's the Sask Ag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. The fifth public offering of oil and natural gas rights in Saskatchewan generated over $17.2 million for the province. The offering was held December 5th. The Estevan area drew the most interest with $11.2 million for 17 leases and one exploration license totaling 2,443 hectares. Second was the Lloydminster area at $3.5 million and the Kindersley area $2.4 million. The next sale, and last one of this fiscal year, is scheduled for February 6th. Saskatchewan and global life science company Bayer Corp Science, or Crop Science rather, are signing a memorandum of understanding to lower greenhouse gas emissions in farming. The agreement, made at COP28 in Dubai, will include work on digital farming, smart farming, and precision farming. The province says in a news release that it is the first such agreement in uh, Bayer has signed in Canada and will, it will last five years. Turning over to the markets now, the TSX is down 38 points at 20,292. The Dow is up 84 points to 36,331. Oil is down 36 cents at $70.87 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 73.70 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Sask Ag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Monday's edition of Sask Ag Today. The 1 o'clock news is waiting in the wings. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.